Welcome to the Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Hey girl, hey, welcome back for yet another episode of the Lovish Podcast. I can hardly believe that we are on episode 13. (laughs) That is crazy. It seems like I was just in prayer about even starting this podcast last week. Now, don't get me wrong, your girl definitely been putting in the work, but to believe that I have been talking to you guys on the mic for 13 weeks, wow. And I am loving all of this feedback that you guys are giving me about the show. Um, A lot of you have sent me emails or DMs in the social media streets, you know, saying thank you for starting this podcast or this episode was for me and the amazing reviews that you guys are leaving on Apple Podcasts. I just want to say before we even hop into the last portion of this month's series, I want to say thank you guys for the support. The support also encourages me to be my authentic self on this mic with y'all. So I thoroughly appreciate it. And then shout out to everybody who showed up for the empowerment session this month talking about wellness. So we are in the last week of our wellness series and we're talking about wellness for therapists. Now, I know that the word therapist or the the role of a therapist has been interpreted in a lot of different ways. So I want to make it crystal clear when I'm talking about a therapist, I'm talking about just a mental health professional in general, whether you work in private practice, whether you work in agencies, schools, whether you're a psych D or a college intern, I'm talking about mental health professionals. It's going to be even more important for us as mental health professionals to protect our own mental wellness. And today we're going to jump into the T of why. So your mental wellness matters even more than your client's mental wellness. (laughs) And I don't say that to say like, we're better than our clients or anything like that, because that's absolutely not true. We are not better than our clients or anything. But your if your mental state is compromised, then let's just keep it 100. You have a higher chance of offering crappy care to your client. So put very plainly, crappy care equals lawsuits, baby girl. And who has time for lawsuits? Okay, not I. This is what we pay my practice insurance for. But if you can avoid even being in the realm of a lawsuit, let's just try to do it. Like, let's imagine if you actually took care of yourself and that was the thing that saved your butt from a lawsuit, baby girl, I'd be taking care of myself. You feel me? (laughs) 
Uh, another reason why you as a therapist need to take care of yourself is because you are not superwoman or even Captain Save a that ain't you, boo. It's not you. And first of all, as mental health professionals, we shouldn't even be thinking of ourselves as like the savior of the client or whatever. One of the things that I express to everybody who comes into my office is this is your journey. I'm just a facilitator. I'm here to point out what I'm noticing and to help you make sense of what's happening with you. So it's not my job to tell you what to do. It's not my job to judge you for the choices that you do make, even if they're against my professional advice. What my job is to do is to provide a safe space for you to explore your feelings around all of that. And that's the part that we got to keep into perspective. It takes a whole lot of pressure off of me as a therapist to know that it is not my job to be responsible for your outcome. I'm not going to be putting in work more than you, sis. I'm just not. And I say it in different ways because you you just can't you simply can't put in more work than your clients that's going to stress you out and honestly that's not even how you perform as the most effective therapist so I say this often this is one of the biggest reasons why I even started the podcast because we're humans and you are a human sis like being a therapist does not mean that you don't have the space and the time to process your own thoughts and your own feelings and, um, you know, make sure that you're doing what you need to do for yourself. It doesn't excuse you from that. The same work that you're expecting your clients to put in for, you know, self-awareness, you got to put that same work in too, baby girl. Because otherwise, you don't know what you're projecting to your clients. And again, we just don't do our best work when it comes to working with our clients if we are not mentally well. So in this series, we talked about all the different forms of wellness, that it's more than just bubble baths, it's more than, you know, just exercise at the gym. It's not one thing. Wellness is an overall state of being. All right. So the first tip that I got for my therapist today is assess your own mental wellness. So I kind of talked about this just a second ago, but diving even deeper into this, that means that you got to go to therapy. How are you going to be telling people therapy saves lives and you ain't never sat on the opposite side of the chair, sis? How? How? <laughs> You can't do that. How can you expect your clients to become vulnerable with you if you've never become vulnerable? If you've never allowed yourself to sit in the space and work through everything that you have going on and you don't even have to have something happen to you. And you know this as a therapist, but I'm just here to reiterate it. So if you've been thinking about going to therapy I'm here to tell you, like, go ahead and take your little tail in there. (laughs) And the same way we tell our clients, like, oh, if you didn't bond with a therapist the first time, then maybe assess and see another therapist that's a better fit for you before you decide to just give up and say therapy doesn't work. Because we all know that's a lie, sis. Therapy does work. Therapy does save lives. 
That's why you became a therapist. So in addition to going to therapy and unpacking everything that you have going on, I want you personally to assess what is happening in your life right now. How is your focus? So let's just say, you know, you are in your third year as a school social worker and you're working with the kids and everything, but the pandemic started and now you got to do social work digitally. School didn't prepare you maybe that well to administer 25 minutes a week of social work to all of these kids via a telehealth platform. So that's going to be an adjustment. And you have to factor in that there's an entire pandemic happening around you. That's something to be considered. Or let's say that someone in your family is sick. If someone in your family is sick, you're probably going to find it hard to focus in your sessions. Or maybe if you're working with someone who also has somebody in their family who's sick, then that could be a trigger for you during the session. And their sessions may be challenging. You know, I can remember um, trigger warning here. So I'm just giving you a heads up before I go into the story. This is a trigger warning. Um, I'll give you like three seconds in case you want to turn the episode off. Three, two, one. I had had someone in my life who had committed suicide. And then I had a client bring up some trauma that happened to them as a teenager where their best friend committed suicide. And they had never shared this with anyone. And that session was extremely challenging for me because I was still dealing with my own emotions tied to the person who committed suicide. So we have to be mindful of how our personal life interjects with our professional life because we're not robots. We have emotions the same way that, you know, our clients have emotions and we tell our clients all of these things. Like we have to be mindful of what impacts us and how it impacts us. And, um, I believe as she was telling her story, I got a little teary eyed, although I didn't cry in that session. And the next session I did tell her, you know, that last session was a little bit challenging for me as well because I just, you know, lost someone to suicide. And she's like, okay, I was wondering what was happening because I, you know, I didn't want to make you sad. I was like, yeah, no, it wasn't you that was making me sad. It was something that was happening, you know, based on my own personal experiences, but I'm glad that you were able to get that out. And so we talked about, you know, we talked about the situation in in depth and it was fine after that. So it's okay for you to be honest to a certain extent, to the extent that you feel comfortable sharing with your clients what is happening with you, or it's also okay for you to take some time off of work. Like if you can't manage it at that time, that would be fine as well. In this situation that I'm talking about, It was totally unexpected. Um, You know, it kind of came out of left field for me that the client brought up 
suicide because we hadn't been working on anything of the sort. And for my own personal life, it was not someone that I personally acquainted with. It was someone that I was professionally acquainted with that committed suicide. So I wasn't even really aware of how big of an impact their death had on me until that very moment in session. And then I realized that there was more processing that I needed to do with my therapist. But you can't even get to that point if you're not willing to acknowledge what is actually happening with you. So I want you to assess what is happening in your life. How is your focus? We don't like to admit it, but the reality is the reality. Our level of service has a direct correlation to how we are feeling. So if you're not feeling good, you are probably going to be struggling during your sessions. If you are in pain, physical pain or whatever, you're probably not going to be doing that well in your sessions. And that's going to come through in the work that you do. And if you're feeling amazing and confident, you're probably going to be 10 times more invested and fully present within your sessions. And that's going to have a different feel for your clients. So I want you to be mindful of that. Tip number two, don't overpack your schedule. We need to understand, just like we tell our clients, again, you are not superwoman. And since you are not superwoman, that means that you cannot do everything. Even if you want to do it, you can't do everything, sis. You got to sit down at some point. (laughs) So we have to be mindful that the same things that we tell our clients, you're not superwoman, is the exact same things that we need to be taking into account as well. That's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to this therapy world, y'all. I cannot stand when therapists act as though they are not also human. Like, yes, you have a professional image to maintain, but also let's not put too much pressure on people as if we don't have jacked up parts of our lives to fix. Like we're all human. We all have you know, the same types of experiences, they just impact us a little bit differently. And honestly, we're blessed to be able to do this work where we facilitate change for people in this way. So I want you to remember that you're not superwoman. And in reality, if we tell the truth, superwoman is actually offensive to Jesus. Okay. Yep. I said it. And I know if you're listening, you're probably like, what? How? Because if we got you, Superwoman, then why would we need Jesus? Hmm? Why would we need Jesus, honey? So Superwoman syndrome is offensive to Jesus. That's what you need to remember. Keep that in the back of your head. Anytime that little S starts to burn on your chest, remember, you ain't Jesus, honey. And honestly, I don't have the patience to even try and pretend to be Jesus. Okay. So just remember that. Another reason therapists tend to overpack their schedules is feeling obligated. And sis, you do not have to feel obligated to pack your schedule. And honestly, if you are struggling with 
overpacking your schedule because you feel obligated, then we need to take a pause here and do some evaluation. The same way that we will tell our clients again, now it's time for you to do some evaluation. There are a couple of different solutions for if you feel obligated. Now, I know that historically, therapists may not have been respected enough to um, earn the rates that we should be making. You know, there's still a debate for for that out in these therapy streets. There are people that get paid well, and then there are people that get paid um, exceptionally well. And then there are people that get paid extremely low. And I want to talk to the people that get like paid either in the moderate level or the extremely low level, because you are probably the ones that are overpacking your schedule because you feel like you don't really have any room to breathe. So the first thing I want to say is what you hear probably a lot of people say, raise your rates. If you are in private practice and you are feeling obligated, it's time to raise your rates. It's a scary thing to do, but I promise you it's so rewarding. And the reason why it's so rewarding is because you get to see less people and still make a sustainable income. Seeing less people and making a sustainable income means that you are a more present healthier therapist for the clients on your caseload. When your caseload is overpacked, I don't actually care what the excuse is or what you say. You are not giving your best work to your clients when you are jam packing people into your schedule. Another thought here is to um, evaluate whether you still want to accept insurance. And even if you do want to accept insurance and you've been on the panel for a number of years, it's time to start evaluating your specialty. Evaluate, you know, whether you are needing to write a letter to the insurance company and request a raise in rates. And perhaps what you'll want to do is drop some of the lower paying insurance companies and just stick with the higher ones. Because at the end of the day, even though we are in this because we want to help transform lives, you still need to make a living. You still need to be okay. And another thing for those that are maybe not in private practice, but are in like a position where um, you work in an agency and it's not really much room to negotiate your salary, I would say to consider passive income. There is a lot of things that you can do to earn passive income, especially as a therapist. I was talking to one of my friends a while back and I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't really have very much to say. And people sometimes are like, oh my God, you said this profound thing. And she was like, well, that's because it's common knowledge to you. You've been in school, you've been in the therapy world, you've been around all of these things. So it's common knowledge for you, these things that you're discussing, but it's not common knowledge for the rest of us. So I would encourage you to look at some form of passive income, but whatever the case is, you have to stop overpacking your schedule. That is not healthy. You are simply less effective when you are burned out. 
and I'm going to just lay it out on the table. We often know this and we just don't do anything about it. So it's time to do something about it. Again, I know it's very scary to consider making changes this big in your life, but you have to do it. You owe it to yourself to do it for your own mental wellness, for your own overall wellness, and you owe it to your clients and you owe it to your family and your friends. You need to be fully present at all times, you know, as much as possible. And that means that you need time to think straight and you shouldn't have to overpack your schedule in order to make a decent living. So before we get into the last tip, we're going to take a brief break and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Hey girl, did you know that statistics show black women have a higher chance of developing high blood pressure and other subtle life-threatening diseases? Not to mention the mental health diagnoses we don't talk about. As a licensed therapist, I talk to women both in and outside of my office about ways to take off the superwoman cape and be themselves. Being a black therapist, I know how culturally we're often pressured to set aside our own mental wellness to do what we have to do. Girl, I've been there and I've learned how to stop the cycle and now I teach other women to do the same thing inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. The Pink Emerald Collective is centered on three pieces, establishing our identity, providing you with practical strategies and solid connections with a squad. Take Shanetta, for example. She thought she didn't have the time or the money to invest in herself because she thought it meant taking up a lot of space in her schedule when she had a lot to do. She also thought it might mean spending a ton of money for something that would give her temporary or superficial results like a massage or a bubble bath. Now, don't get me wrong, sis. That stuff has its place, but it's not going to help you take off the cape and flourish in life. Shanetta was tired of putting herself on the back burner. She joined the Pink Emerald Collective and learned how to carve out time for herself, resting intentionally, making boundaries her bestie while loving on the people in her life. And she is now connected to a tribe of amazing women who value sisterhood just like her. Enrollment for the collective with the 14-day trial is now open, and when you join, you get access to our free bonus course, The Boss Babe Reset, a 30-minute bite-sized masterclass to help you reset your routines. So if you're tired of being put on the back burner and you're looking for a squad, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash collective to join today and grab your freebie. Okay, the very last tip that I have for you is not to lose yourself in your work. This can happen all too often. And if I'm being honest, I have fallen down this rabbit hole. It's like for some people that really get into therapy because you just like want to help people, you love the therapeutic aspect, you're like, yes, I have to do X, Y, Z, whatever, you know, It's easy to fall into the trap with all the conferences, with the retreats, with the online summits, with all the things. 
but you can't lose who you are as a human being in your work. I want you to participate in your hobbies, incorporate some non-therapeutic activities into your schedule and more than just like, oh, I'm just going to go for a run and that's it. Like, no, immerse yourself in a good book that has nothing to do with therapy. Like, (laughs) um, one person that I know who's like a podcaster, you know, you would probably think that because their podcast is all about like self-help, they listen to a lot of self-help podcasts, but like, no, they listen to ratchet podcasts, you know, like watch something, listen to something, do things that have nothing to do with your profession so that you still get to maintain, you know, a part of you and the things that you love to do. Another thing is we have to drop the savior complex. Going back to that superwoman syndrome and that offense to God. And in dropping the savior complex, that means that you have to set boundaries with your clients, sis. Can't no clients be hitting you up at midnight unless it's a clinical emergency. That's the only time they should be talking to you at all hours of the night. Set some defined boundaries with your clients and then stick with them. Yes, your role in their life is super important, but they should not have 24-7 access to you. My clients know the best way to get in contact with me, but they also know the hours that I tend to respond. If it is an emergency, then I will respond to them outside of those hours. And I know that you know, whether it's an emergency or not, because I'm always going to check the message. It's just about when I get back to them. So I'm either going to get back to them, you know, right away, if it's within the hours, or if it's after hours, and it's an emergency, I'll get back in touch with them right away. But be mindful of your boundaries. And again, Every relationship needs boundaries. You guys know we did the episode on boundaries and culture. So every relationship craves boundaries, even the therapeutic relationship. And your client should not have unlimited access to you. I would even go so far as to say like down to texting. That's something to evaluate. That is your personal preference. But um, I, I used to, when I first started doing private practice, I used to have a work cell phone where clients could text me, but they didn't respect my boundaries a lot of times. You know, it wasn't everyone, but some people just didn't. They, they struggled. They struggled. And I understood why, because when you give someone your cell phone to text you, texting makes you so accessible. So I don't know when the hours are. If I text everybody else at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., why can't I text my therapist at 10 or 11? This is an important person in my life. I have something on my mind right now. This is where I choose to express it. So be mindful of the boundaries that you are setting with your clients and don't lose yourself in your work. Girl, what you been watching? What you been reading? What you been listening to? Media Queens, what's up? All right. So for this month's Media Queens, we are talking about New Amsterdam. Raise your hand if you watch New Amsterdam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. 
I am not going to spill the tea on how this latest season ended, but I love New Amsterdam. I love New Amsterdam um, because I just am into medical dramas in general. But uh, the lead doctor on the show, his name is Dr. Max Goodwin. And I love that he has a heart for people. But uh, one of the things that stood out to me most recently in this last season was his poor boundaries and his martyr syndrome. This is like we talked about uh, on the show today. When you have poor boundaries and this martyr syndrome, you're willing to do extreme things for the sake of helping other people. And oftentimes it can cause you to lose sight of what is most important. And without giving too much away, I think Dr. Max lost sight of that in this last season. So if you guys have not, or you're not caught up with the show, if you haven't seen it or you're not caught up, take a second, go check it out. And then hit me up on these social media streets and let me know what you thought about the season finale for this most recent season. If you struggle to set boundaries and you struggle with martyr syndrome and you miss this month's empowerment session, the replay is available inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. And I want to personally invite you to join us inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. You get a 14 day trial to test out the collective for free where you have access to all of the replays and everything else. So that's all I have for this month's Media Queens. Okay, sis, to quickly recap the episode, we discussed the importance of evaluating your own mental well. Okay, sis. No, cut that out. All right, here we are with a quick recap of this week's episode. We talked about the importance of evaluating your own mental well-being, alternatives to overpacking your schedule, and how we need other things besides work to help us be great therapists. If you enjoyed this episode as usual, send it to a friend, tell your sister, post a review on Apple Podcasts. Y'all been killing it out here in these streets with these Apple Podcast reviews. And I want to say that I am celebrating reaching number 117 on the podcast charts. That's like so dope. And the podcast hit reaching 117 on the podcast charts within the first 30 days. That would not have been possible without you guys sharing these episodes and the show with your friends and your family. And I wanted to just say that I really appreciate that again. I know we kind of talked about it at the beginning of this episode, but I just wanted to reiterate it. If you have yet to leave us a review and you want to leave us a review, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then do me a favor, send me an email at hello at cedahood.com and I want to send you a free workshop as my personal thank you for leaving us a review. 
all of the links will be listed down in the show notes. I love you guys. I will talk to you later.